Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and Happy Hanukkah to all, even Happy Kwanzaa. How you doing, Bill? Thanks for joining me today. I am well. I hope you had a, a Merry Christmas uh, and are looking forward to a Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah, we're going to be a, a powerful force in 2024. A lot coming in the new year, uh, not least of which is going to be our 24-7 streaming operation and sometime in the first or second quarter. Not sure exactly when it's going to launch, but we will be uh, out there with it when it does. Uh, we're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. The Georgia's 24 show has been become really uh, the go-to spot in Georgia uh, for information on the state uh, and really what's happening in the GOP and the presidential election and the, the coup in Washington. It's all here. And literally, we have readers and, and viewers from all over the world. Uh, I get comments from Australia, Germany, Israel. Uh, wow, so interesting. Great show. So uh, thanks for your your viewership. And please Keep us in your scan, the Georgia Record and CDM.press into the new year. A lot going on. We're launching a Utah paper. The Montana paper we just launched is going crazy. Uh, all of our other properties are, are, you know, some are more in the spotlight than others, depending on what's going on in the world. But they're all extremely impactful and we're proud of it. And we're going to continue to build the audience, continue to build the news flow. Uh, we're not going to bring you toe fungus and uh pot gummies. We're going to bring you the real deal news flow from around the world without all the globalist spin. So thank you for joining us. You can help us in that effort by signing up for our no ad subscription. You get access to our 13, soon to be 14 sites with no ads. People love that. I get people signing up all the time. Wow. I can go read news from all over the world with no advertisements, no pop-ups. It uh, doesn't blow up my phone. Everything's good. Uh, so please check out our no ad subscriptions, sign up for our newsletters, sign up for our rumble channel, CDM one, is that subscribe? So you, we're putting out a lot of video content. That's going to only increase in the new year. Uh, you'll get that notification saying, hey, Eurobice just put out a show on what's going on in Poland. You may want to watch. You may not. But at least you'll, be, you, at least you'll know about it. So please subscribe to CDM1 at Rumble. And uh, really just put us in your daily scan. Uh, Bill, you got anything to add to that before we move on? We are going to be busy from here on out. I mean, I, I, I would have guessed that we would have... Uh you know, a, a, a lull, if you would, in the information coming forward, and we haven't seen it. So we're going to hit the ground running uh, for this week and, and beyond as we get into 24. We definitely are. So one of our sponsors is David Cross. Uh, you all know him as the uh, second vice chair, I believe is his title, in the uh, GOP in Georgia. So uh, let's run a quick ad from David and uh, let people know where to go for financial advice. You, I guess you don't have any more time to sell uh, but uh, do some tax selling, but uh, you can prepare your portfolio for next year. This is a special report. Knowing how to invest your money is harder than ever before. Dealing with stock market volatility, record debt, and terrorist attacks requires new thinking. At U.S. Asset Management, we can help you see the world more clearly so that you can move beyond the chaos and invest with confidence. Call us, visit us online, or drop by our office. U.S. Asset Management, helping you make better decisions with your money. So we have a really big show today. We have Joe Rossi, who's going to bring in some uh, more breaking news on what's happening in Georgia. Marjorie Wildcraft is going to join us. I think you'll find that very interesting on how to prepare for the future as far as nutrition for your family. And then our old friend BKP is going to bring us some wise thoughts, uh, deep thoughts from BKP. I think you'll enjoy that. 
What else, Bill? Anything else? Well, he uh, BKP will also talk a little bit about. Uh, I think he's going to build on a couple thoughts that we're going to cover with Joseph Rossi in just a moment, and talk about the redistricting. Now that it's been the maps that were proposed have been approved by uh, federal judge Steve Jones, and so he'll uh, give some thoughts about. Okay, great, that's been done. What does it mean? What should people be focused on now? Uh, because it will mean something. So, so let's bring in our first guest, Bill. Great. Joseph Rossi, how are you, my friend? Hello, gentlemen. I hope Merry you had Christmas. A... Happy New Year to y'all. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yes. So uh, thank you again for joining us. I know you've been uh, busily uh, following up on the um, state election board meeting, uh, what, a week and a half ago now, and uh, uh, have been uh, pursuing a meeting with Mr. Gabe Sterling based on some comments he's made. So we wanted to have you back on kind of get your read uh, since that meeting and what uh, the outcomes might uh, mean and what's held in store going forward. And also really talk about, you know, what, what is some of the stuff that's, you know, now becoming, uh, I would say, uncomfortable for some of these folks. And it seems that uh, you're center of, uh, of some of those uncomfortable questions. So let me flip it to you. Where are we? Yeah. So, um, the state election board meeting happened on the 19th and I kind of figured it was going to be a, a peaceful couple weeks with um, just kind of regrouping and getting ready for next year uh, focused on how do we get the secretary of state investigated um, with the general assembly approval of that. And then how do we get uh, SEB 2023-25, which was pulled at the last minute, uh, back uh, ready for the next board meeting. Mm -hmm. um, but after that meeting, I was forwarded an email. I'm not on Twitter or Xbox or any of that, but somebody forwarded me an email. I call it the Gabe Sterling Christmas email now <laughs> that came out the Friday before the meeting. And the more I thought about it, I thought, boy, this is a really insulting email to me personally, because I've, I've really focused on whether it's been the governor's team or my state legislature to make sure I didn't waste anybody's time with anything that was not factual. And I also got a number of calls from other people kind of in the same boat as me is saying, hey, I think Gabe just called us all liars right before the board meeting. And I just felt, um, you know, based on all the hard work we've done to remain factual, I got to defend myself and stand up for the other Georgia Patriots whom he just called a liar. Yeah. Well, I have a copy of that that you forwarded along. Shall I pull that up? Sure. There you go. So, yeah. So in that email, which he sent out again the Friday um, before the state election board meeting, and keep in mind, he knows at this point that the data we provided on SEB 2021-181 to the governor's team. He knows that's factual. He knows Fulton County had to sign a consent order. He knows, you know, Ryan Germany admitted there were errors, everything. He knows all our data right. was factual. For for the listeners, the that uh, 181 was the, the one that, uh, or the initial um, complaint that you'd filed was the one that the governor's office investigated themselves and then came back and said, yes, so the, these, these are factual concerns. There were 36 errors that they um, that they found factual, correct? That's correct. Okay. 
And then um, he was, he had to have been aware of 2023-25 because his office was in charge or the investigators were from the Secretary of State's office. So he knew the facts behind that. Um, he knew that it was sent over originally as violations found, which if it's not factual, you don't send it over with uh, violations found category. Mm-hmm. And then, it, as I said, it got pulled at the last minute. So in spite of him having that information before him, he tweets out, um, it's 2023 and we are still dealing with the lies. And I was just really insulted by that comment. So I said, I can't, I can't let this rest. So after settling down a little bit and deciding, okay, what can I, how can I challenge him, but be constructive with how I'm going to challenge him. So I'm on my fourth email to him, which he has not responded to uh, first, letting him know that that was insulting to me as well as millions of other Georgia Patriots that have worked hard to get the facts and that I'd like to sit down with him for one hour and discuss election facts and just lay it out all on the table. So after the fourth follow-up, I've gotten basically silence. So um, at this point, I've offered him, you know, four times to come out from hiding behind your little Twitter or X post account and have the courage to sit down and discuss the facts of that we have for the election. And I um, haven't heard from him since. Seem, seems kind of remarkable to me that somebody would come out with a, uh, a tweet like this that would, you know, uh, impugn the, the intentions and the findings of stuff that's actually been confirmed by the by the governor and the work of yourself, your your uh, colleagues Kevin Monkla and others, uh, as well as thousands across Georgia, and then send out this little Merry Christmas greeting. So you you've sent out now. You said four different email invites, correct? Correct. To meet with me for one hour to respectfully discuss election facts. So very, I mean, sounds very like a very planned, methodical, you know, calm request to me. Um, I found after your third one, I found uh, uh, someone that had uh, Jordan Fuchs phone number, uh, cell phone number, and uh, I rang her myself because she works in the same office as Mr. Sterling. I could not find Mr. Sterling's number as yet, but I called her. And uh, got voicemail, but suggested that uh, this this question was hung out there, and uh, would highly uh, recommend and suggest that she uh, ask Gabe Sterling to respond to it, and in fact take advantage of such a meeting. I think it would be a, a good response. And if he believes what this uh, tweet tweet said, then I would think he'd want to do that. Yeah, I think at at this point they're obviously in desperation mode. They know that they're. They're on the doorstep of being investigated pending General Assembly's approval. And the best thing they could do is repeat the same narrative that many in the media have repeated and just continue to say that and say that it's all lies and everything has been debunked and and go into hiding, not, not face the facts at this point. So anyways, after that, I said, okay, well, he doesn't seem to be responding, but let's let's talk about what I would 
talk about with him in a one hour meeting. So I started pulling out all his old emails to me, which um, turn out to be not truthful or lies. <laughs> so um, he's calling me and millions of other Georgians liars. So I decided to highlight some of the things that he has said in the past that are utterly false. And I think okay. we have those to share today. Yep. So this is the first lie. And I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt on this one, because I think it's, it was, it was a false statement, but I think it was false because of his incompetence or inability to check the data on his website. But um, he sent me this uh, message uh, email um, telling me on February 21st of 2021, I was trying to find the batch tally sheets. And he said, all of the tally sheets have been available online on the secretary's website for nearly two months. And here is the link. So I said, oh, good. I'm glad I can get to those. Keep Make note that he says all of the tally sheets. And he's in charge of elections and is in charge of those tally sheets getting posted and being accurate. So I started reviewing the tally sheets and I looked at Houston County and Fulton County and Houston added up to the certified vote count, but Fulton County only added up to 246,000 votes versus the 525 plus certified count. So I sent him an email back saying, hey, Mr. Sterling, you just you told me all of the tally sheets have been available um, for two months. It, if this is all of them, they don't add up. If it's not all of them, where's the rest of them? And you could see then that he was backed into a corner. And he says on 224.21, after reviewing your email, we reviewed our inventory. Keep in mind, this is... Um, they were post, supposedly posted in December. So he's had December, January, and all of February to check these as the elections director, right? Or at least check a few of them, spot check them. And he says that we reviewed our inventory of physical batch sheets for Fulton. We have determined that not all documents were scanned to digital files. And we're in the process of scanning those documents. We expect to have our website updated before the end of the week. So over this three month time frame, he's saying how accurate the hand audit was. Um, and obviously he or nobody in his office ever checked the summation of those batch tally sheets. So I call that Sterling lie number one. And I give him the benefit of the doubt that he may not have even known he was lying, but he certainly his office and himself indicates that they didn't check anything and were incompetent with their duties there. It is notable that the words picked to describe what they what they found after you questioned it se the second time, nowhere in there do they say, oh yeah, we found we made an error. Uh, we, we apologize for the incorrect stuff right. on our website. It's just, oh, we found this and not all documents were scanned to digital files, which is kind of like saying not all your organs were put back in after the surgery. You know, it's it's kind of telling. So, yeah. All right. So then we go we to number two to uh, Sterling lie number two. And he sends me an email when I start questioning about some of the data um, where I saw some double counted votes and things like that. 
he sends me an email. Um, he, he states that we know with 100% certainty that the ballots were not tallied multiple times because the hand re retally showed that. So again, he's saying with 100% certainty that the ballots were not tallied multiple times because the hand retally showed that. And at that point, that I, I clearly, that was obviously a, a lie because I had already started looking into it and saw that there were many batches and ballots that were scanned multiple times. Hmm. So that's lie number two, which he's really not backtracked very much from because for the January 6th hearing, I call this Sterling lie number three in June of, I think it's actually June of 2022 there, but anyway. Oh, that, that may uh, be my typo. I'm that's fine. That's fine. Um, when he was testifying um, before that committee, he says in his quote, and by going through the hand tally that the secretary pointed out, we showed that there had been uh, multiple ballots scanned without a corresponding physical ballot. Your counts would have been a lot higher and the ballots themselves. Um, he's basically saying that there were no more, these ballots weren't tallied multiple times uh, again. And this is even after I pointed it out to him, after the governor's letter and report pointed it out to him. And if you flip to the next slide, this is even after um, Raffensperger with his back to the wall after Governor's Kemp letter came out, he was on a radio show and he admits then um, that the ballots were scanned multiple times. If I can find exactly where the quote is, it says, when we did 100% hand recount, we found three counties that messed up, you know, fairly significantly. Number two was Fulton County. All of a sudden, they were off by several thousand ballots. Well, it's because you scanned some of those ballots twice. So even after this came out, after the governor's letter came out, Mr. Sterling testifies before the January 6th committee that um, that hand audit was dead on accurate, to quote him, and that ballots were not scanned multiple times. So really just um, not acceptable to, to, to be lying to the public as he did in in those three um, slides that we just reviewed. Well, what's kind of notable, too, is this covers a pretty significant period of time. This goes from back in 20, uh, 2020 and then 2021, now to 2022. And yet he's still issuing tweets as of last week about, you know, dealing with the lies. Well, which whose lies is he referring to? <laughs> I guess is the question. Right, and a um, lot of a lot of uh, people looked at that hand audit, including, like I said, the governor's team and his investigators, and everybody verified that there were errors and found the errors that we found. And lo and behold, he's he's dug in on we're the ones telling the lie, and everything was dead on accurate. So, um, you know, my my pursuit is going to continue to be to 
defend ourselves that are out here not lying and to hold him to account when he is lying and see if I can get him to a one-hour election fact respectful meeting to hash out where the lies really are coming from. Yeah. You you also sent along some documents that uh, sort of back all this up. Did you want to go through those? just? Yeah, let me just cover these real quick. So um, early on, I shared this with Mr. Sterling and I shared it with the governor's team. And this is pulled off of the Secretary of State's website. But you recall there were 36 errors we found. This is a little hard to read, but this is error number 10 and error number 15. And you could clearly see that those batches for 10 were counted twice and actually counted three times for number 15. If you take just those two errors, 10 and 15 out of the 36, those two added up to 1,069 um, net false votes for Biden. And if you add up all 36 of them, that's where I came up with the 4081 false net votes for Biden. And this is only Fulton County. Only Fulton County, only and only yeah. a subset of the total votes, only the absentee by mail ballots. Yeah. So I also attached, because I wanted, this is the governor's 40-page report. It was very thorough. His team did a great job, investigated every single one of the 36 years. This is the cover page of his letter explaining where they got the data and how they did it. And they had a team of three or four people on it, six or eight weeks, wrote a pretty important letter that got all this running or rolling. But if you go to the next two slides, I want to show you he vetted. This is his vetting of air number 10. And you can see in there, it's pretty small print, but it says something like these, these entries appear to be duplicated. All right. So think back to Mr. Sterling's comments. Um, we are a hundred percent certain that, um, ballots were not count, counted multiple times. So that's the vetting of Air 10. And I could provide you this whole report if you want, uh, Bill. And then this was the vetting of Air number 15, which basically shows they double counted that batch. And you could see it says one or more of these entries appears to be duplicated. So even after this report came out, Mr. Sterling is still dug in with dead on accurate in the January 6th hearing and, you know, ballots were not counted multiple times. So um, I figured the only way to, you know, move past the hiding behind the little Twitter account is to just sit down with them and show them these facts and say, how could you say these are lies? And how could you stand by your statement that the ballots weren't duplicated or triplicated or counted multiple times. And I don't, I don't know any other way other than look at him face to face and see how he could possibly explain this. It's just well, I, to me. I, I agree with you. It seems, seems remarkably wouldn't come forward. So um, as we go forward, perhaps um, by hearing from more people, uh, Mr. Sterling might recognize just how important this is to address this directly. Do you think? Absolutely. Anybody that can respectfully but relentlessly follow up with him and yep. and address this in a one-hour meeting um, would go a long way. Yep. So I think that's a that's a reasonable request. And if they uh, if, if folks would like to do that, then 
here's a way to uh, send up a polite request to uh, Mr. Sterling at the Secretary of State's office and encourage him to, you know, to agree to a one-hour meeting or longer if he'd like. But, you know, be able to have this dialogue so that this can get aired. Uh, seems fair for someone that's going to go out and say these things are lies to then justify what, what he's relying on to be able to make that uh, judgment. And then you can prevent your, or present your information that says, well, gosh, the governor and others say these things are real. So don't see where the disconnect is. That's uh, I think that would be um, a fair request for folks. And again, re recommend and ask folks to, as we always do, to take the high road and be kind and, and uh, professional in doing so. What do you, what do you think of the next steps now? The, the sector, the uh, state election board has tossed it to the legislature to determine if they are the state election board can add, in fact have authority to go after the secretary of state. Do you have a sense yet of what's going to play out next? Yeah. The, what I'm working on now with the paralegal from the state election board, I want to get the official document. Um, they have to send something to the general assembly that says, we're asking for your authority to investigate the secretary of state's office. Yep. So as soon as I get my hands on that, um, that should be a public records document to share with the public. So that's the first step. And then the next step after that is to um, try to get in communication with speaker Burns and Lieutenant governor, Burt Jones and our local representatives and senators and urge them to take this matter up uh, quickly. And I'm certainly going to use this Sterling Christmas email whereby he called me and uh, millions of other Georgia Patriots liars as, you know, justification. We can't, we can't have a secretary of state's office that's not accountable to the public. We used right. to use a term called servant leadership. And, you know, servant leadership means is the leader you work for the people and you know i could honestly say the governor's team practiced servant leadership and followed up with me almost instantly whenever i called them or emailed them and we got unfortunately we got one office that i know of in the state that doesn't know what servant leadership means um they're not they don't respond and not only do they not respond, when they do respond, they do it, like I said, behind a little Twitter or X post account and insult and call the people liars that they're supposed to be representing and serving. And hopefully the state, the General Assembly will realize that, that that's not acceptable for the state of Georgia. The people, the people deserve servant leadership. We all work hard. We pay our taxes and it's time to do some serious investigating of that That's office. Right. Yeah, I think one of the other things that uh, you said something won't work. I think one of the other things that won't work in this case is hearing back from anybody in the legislature. Oh, we can't take action. We don't have the votes. I don't believe that is going to fly this time. It didn't. I didn't fly last time, but I'm certain it won't fly this time. So, um, so uh, communication to Mr. Sterling. Uh, any other? Updates or information that you'd like to share as we uh, as we get through? Uh, not at this point, gentlemen. As soon as I get something, I will be in contact with you, and we'll keep up the uh, uh, respectful, relentless pursuit of the truth. 
you're you're the uh, you are the quintessential taking the high road gentleman so well done and thank you for everything you've done uh todd any last questions no that's it thanks joe look okay. forward to having you back see you gentlemen have a good day thanks so much joe okay so next uh we're gonna have bkp come on and talk about a variety of things but before we do that we've been big on, all year on food security and uh making sure what you put in your kids' mouths is wholesome and healthy and nutritious and not poison and toxic, which has been a major issue with food. You know, I was reading something on this new uh, produce, uh, what do you call it, like a cover that they uh, film, they put on produce to keep it fresh. It's made up of all kind of chemicals, essentially. We're going to put some research out on that, but you really got to watch out what you're doing with all this stuff. And we're going to have Margie Wildcraft on at the end of the show and talk about how to grow food. But um, in the meantime, let's run an ad from our cattleman out west where you can get fantastic beef with no mRNA shots and uh, we'll come straight to your door. Uh, Glade Miller-Smith at FamilyFarmBeefBox.com. And with that, Bill, uh, we'll talk more about food security later, but uh, we look forward to doing another interview with Glade in the new year. And, uh, Let's bring on our next guest. All right. Brian K. Pritchard, a.k.a. BKP. How are you, my friend? I'm ready for a variety of things, as my good friend L. Todd Wood said. It, Always it, ready for a variety. I'll go for that. And you are sporting a new look. Is that just for us? Well, this is this is called, I, I said Thursday when I signed off for the year, no more politics until Tuesday morning at 8 a.m., unless somebody calls and wants to talk about college football. Well, you know, we're not, I haven't gotten any calls to talk about college football. And uh, the only two guys I know that can say, hey, you want to come in on a Sunday afternoon and talk politics, you had me at politics. So this is. <laughs> <laughs> this. Well, we better not get started on college football either. We'll start talking about, you know, 63 to three. So. But uh, no, no, I just this is this is my lounging around this afternoon in the office, doing some studying, reading, enjoying the weekend, closing out the year. But I can't think of a better way to close out. This is it. Right. This is it. This is it. It, it, it is indeed. I really enjoyed spending some time with you up in God's country at Conservative Grounds Coffee, and uh, thank you for the invite. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that, Todd. I enjoyed it. We had a great time. I'm glad you got to meet uh, John. John is the owner of Conservative Grounds. Folks, wherever you're at out there in the world, it is great to have a coffee shop that has the word conservative on the name where you go in there. You can wear your Trump hat, right, Todd? That's you right. Can you can get a coffee cup that says make America great again. And you don't have to worry about the person next to you feeling, 
you know, that uh, you're you're interfering in their space. So thank you. And, and, I, and I didn't see any nose rings. No. Uh, how about the how about the Oval <laughs> Office? I know we got to get into things, but how about the guy built a replica of the Oval Office, right? Yeah, I want to I want to do a show there at some point when I'm on the road. Well, you you just hit that, write it down right now on the paper because I think you know uh, we're going to start doing some programming from there, special programming from there, and you guys are going to be up there involved in it. So, excellent, uh, Bill. You know, let's let's. Uh, I know we're closing out the year, um, and I know you just had Mr. Rossi on, and I. Um, I, I like the way you said that he's quite a gentleman. He really is. And there's some things that it's not he won't say, but he's staying focused on his investigation that uh, with maybe let me give me the two minute warning like football. And I'd like to just make a quick comment on something Mr. Rossi said going into the next legislative session. But I think what we want to do to close out the year here, just a couple quick notes. Uh, if you have number five, number five is is the new legislative map. Uh, guys, we have been waiting. Uh, U.S. District Judge Steve, and, uh, Steve Jones, an Ob Obama appointee, uh, has approved the maps that were delivered from the special session in November uh, from the Georgia legislature signed by Governor Kemp. This is the new map. I want to give some quick highlights. Now, this is the congressional map. We would really, would really get down into the weeds if we got into the state Senate and state rep, rep maps, and they're too hard to read on the screen. I'll make a couple comments on those. But they are approved now. They're done. Uh, the judge gave, the, judge gave uh, the legislature some guidelines to increase uh, black, you know, um, represent to have districts congressional and um, state rep and Senate more districts to represent the black voters in Georgia. Uh, they met the criteria the judge wanted and uh, I'll, I'll explain what that is. So quickly right now for those out there, the Georgia, the Georgia State House has 180 seats. 102 of them have Republicans. 78 have Democrats uh, in the State House. That's not a supermajority. But the new State House maps. There's going to be some major um, news come out next week of who's jockeying for position, who's going to be running in the new districts. You have to live in that district for one year, same thing with state Senate, to run in the new district that's drawn. But the way they are drawn, it should still represent 102 Republicans and 78 Democrats. That should not change. There may be some jockeying of uh, what we call flipping some districts. One may go Republican now and another one Democrat. But the overall numbers of 102, 78 will probably stay the same. Same thing with the Georgia State Senate. There's 56 seats in the State Senate, 33 Republican, 23 Dems. Same thing with that. There's going to be some differences of the map. It may change who is going to retire and, and who's going to run in a new district, but we should probably still come out with 33 Republicans and 23 Dems. Just a side note, both, both sides of the aisle there 
um, uh, representative and state Senate, no supermajority for Republicans, but Republican leadership. That, Brian, were you were you surprised that the judge approved it in its submitted form? Yes, I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised. And I'll tell you why the judge could not order an increase in Democrat districts. He can't do that. Uh, first of all, we don't have time to go into, you know, black voters. I mean, it didn't seem to have the same emphasis on representing Asian voters or Hispanic voters or LGBTQ community or whatever it may be. So it's very, we don't have time to go down that road. All yeah. right. But, but I was, I was surprised because um, the, the plaintiffs are very upset. Democrats are upset with these maps, very upset. This is an Obama judge that this judge approved these maps because it really <clears throat> won't change the numbers. There, there, there should be no Democrat gains in the state house and state senate which is very upsetting they thought they would you know have the lines drawn where they they would have gained so yeah i'm 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 surprised i'm surprised but the one thing it always cautions me to say the georgia legislation did something good but <laughs> in saying that the one thing they did is uh they did they did comply with what the judge asked uh, as far as drawing the lines where more black voters are represented in certain districts now than they were before. So a little shocking, but now the districts are, are solid. Let's go to congressional because next week, this, this week there will not be, and I'll tell you why there wasn't too much is because all of your reporting all of your all of your uh um uh, campaign contribution reporting you know you don't want to do that till next year if you started last this year right now where we're at you would have to have a report early in the year so most people have not announced that they're running and that mm -hmm. that'll happen i'm talking tuesday morning it'll start blowing up everywhere who's running for what Congressional, that's the map we have on here. So let me let me just handle a couple quick things. I do know our friends in Gwinnett in Georgia are very upset uh, because Gwinnett County will now be, as you can see there, it is it is diced up in the four districts. And people in Gwinnett are very upset because they're trying to they're going to be trying to figure out. You know, uh, there's a part of Gwinnett in the ninth. There's a part of Gwinnett in the fourth, the thirteenth, uh, and now the tenth. So, who is my congressman? Where do I vote? Who am I voting for? So uh, that that that's one. Here is one: is a brand new super Republican seventh district. This is this is an interesting district, and. Um, Right there, you can see they've reached all the way up and they've pulled out of the old ninth. They've pulled Lumpkin and now you have Dawson and all of Forsyth. You have a part of Cherokee County, Hall County. A lot of people are upset in Hall County. They uh, have been moved over into the seventh and then North Forsyth, which is very Republican. So the new seventh district is a strong Republican district. And here's what's interesting is Dr. Rich McCormick, current congressman of the 6th District, will probably run in the 7th now. 
And uh, he's an incumbent in the sixth. He'll probably run in the seventh. Um, if, and this is this is just something I want to throw out here why I enjoy it, politics. North for Fulton County, that's uh, State Senator Brandon Beach country. Mm -hmm. And the reason I put that in there is if Dr. Rich McCormick, when you get up into Lumpkin, that is almost an 80% Donald Trump county. Dawson's an 80% Donald Trump County. Uh, and those areas up there that go 80 plus Donald Trump, you let somebody like a Brandon Beach in North Fulton there run for that district with a Donald Trump endorsement and put out a picture of Rich McCormick endorsing Ron DeSantis and standing next to him and over there visiting Zelensky that could be an interesting district. So look for a surprise, just saying, look for a surprise in that seventh district of somebody that might step up and run against Rich McCormick. I think Lucy, we'll label that as our understatement of the uh, of the hour so far, Brian. Well, <laughs> might be a surprise. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. But, but again, it might be a surprise, but watch, watch and see because Rich McCormick, which is currently, currently, uh, you know, representing the old sixth is, uh, going to move to the seventh. We, we know that it's, uh, he's going to move to the seventh. Now, Lucy McBath, which gets a little confusing the way the lines are drawn there. You have a new sixth district. And that goes way down into, that's got a little bit of Cobb. And, you know, that is a Democrat district now. No no if ands, or buts. The new six will be a Democrat district. And Lucy McBath has already said she will flip and run down there and run in the sixth district. So those are some things going on. Andrew Clyde is back in as far as a resident of the ninth district. He actually lives, Congressman Andrew Clyde, which represents the 9th District, actually lives in Jackson County. Jackson County has been pulled back into the 9th. It was over in the 10th. Uh, nothing will change there with Congressman Doug Collins. Uh, or I mean, uh, uh, Mike Collins. I apologize. Congressman Mike Collins in the 10th. Nothing will change there. We do have the retirement of Drew Ferguson down in the 3rd. Uh, district, and we do have an announcement. It's already been announced. The official announcement is, I think, Tuesday of uh, Philip Singleton. I, you guys might know uh, Philip Singleton. He was a, a, a state rep, and he was drawn out of his district, and then he became the chair or the president of the Georgia Freedom Caucus uh, before Mallory Staples went there, and Philip Singleton's been up in D.C., doing work up there. He will run Philip Singleton. You'll see several candidates down in the third district. As you can see in the 11th district, that's going to move. You see, uh, you see Gordon County moving out of the 14th. Uh, you see uh, Gordon County moving out of the 14th into the 11th. So that is some of the jockeying for position there that'll happen. You'll see a lot of things take place Tuesday, as far as who's running for office, where they're running, this does change. The Georgia GOP um, has to have new, um, we have to have new elections for new district chairs. That will be finalized January 8th. 
So just, just to make an announcement here, the Georgia GOP Executive Committee will be meeting January 8th and will be discussing and outlining, outlining um, the new elections for district chairs and so forth for the GOP who, in the state of Georgia. Who would be able to participate in the districts that must reelect their uh, GOP leadership? Um, I, I'm not clear on that, but I do know, unlike, and all right, federal, so just for clarification really quick, and it's not the question you asked, but I'll clear it all up. On the state level, state rep and state senate, you do have to live in your district, mm -hmm. okay? In the, in for Congress, you do not. That's a federal uh, law, just like, you know, Laura Boebert's planning to switch from the third district in Colorado over to the fourth district where Ken Buck is retiring. She's going to switch over there, pretty much knowing that her district will probably go to the Democrats she ran against last time. So on the federal level, you do not have to live in your district to run. Now, on the GOP, those are rules. And, and, and the GOP rules are, are not state um, offices. So you do have to live in the district to represent that. So if you no longer live in your district, uh, you cannot be the district chair. You have to live in your district to represent your, your district um, as far as a GOP office holder. And all that clarification will come out January 8th. Okay. As far as when when those meetings will be and who participates, a lot happening on the eighth, huh? Yes, uh, yes. The Georgia legislative twenty twenty four legislative session starts on the eighth, and I think you and I both know down at Liberty Plaza. I don't have the time; you might have it, uh, but our good friend Georgians for <coughs> Truth. I know they have it on their website. They are planning a rally. They, they I can check that. To like try to get ten thousand people at Liberty Plaza for a rally. They want they want the lawmakers to show up for the twenty twenty four legislative session and meet the people, we the people, and see that we the people are serious, especially about our voting system in Georgia and guarding the vote. So. Any questions on districts or anything like that you'd like to discuss? So I, I think many people are, um, hope, I would say, hopeful, um, anticipatory about the third, given some concerns about Mr. Ferguson. Um, and I know you can't, you know, in your current position, you can't endorse anybody. But do you, do you expect that uh, Mr. Singleton will have a couple other folks running against him, or is it too early to tell? Yeah, and we don't have to there, name no, there's them. Already, no, there's already an announcement of a state rep. Is it a state rep or a state senator in that district? A state rep, and, and I apologize to him because I never want to name one person and not another candidate because that's, I leave that up to the voters. But there is already an announcement of a state rep in the third district that is running um, I'm going to predict probably about four, maybe five come out. Uh, there's a lot of smoke around Brian Jack. Brian Jack is, uh, um, he is, uh, he has been with Kevin McCarthy. He's been a part of Kevin McCarthy's team in DC, uh, part of the Trump team here in Georgia. Brian Jack is very well known. 
lives, I understand he lives in the third district and he's very well known in DC. Rumor is he will run and run with Trump's endorsement. But that is that is something that's just flying across the phone lines right now. Mm-hmm. It's coming, you know, as 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 I'll just say out there for anybody, when I'm making a prediction or I'm starting to report on something, when when I'm hearing it at the third phone call, like, are you hearing the same thing? And from the people I I, I speak with, uh, there's something to it. So uh, look for the possibility of Brian Jack along with Philip Singleton. Um, and uh, I know Singleton's going to come out strong. Um, he did not come out and make the public announcement. Uh, it is on his Facebook page that he's made his decision. And I, I spoke to him on the phone because he didn't he didn't want to do the the filing for the end of the year as a candidate, and uh, he wanted to wait till January. That's why I'm saying Tuesday you'll start everywhere. You'll start seeing the announcements coming out of who's running where. And for what positions? Yeah. Because you got a, you got another one here. I'll throw in. Look at uh, I don't know if you could put up number six, but okay. I call it the I call it the gift. Um, I call it the gift that uh, they give out. Uh, you know, Barry Fleming. Uh, I got to go like this because he's not my favorite person. Um, House District One Twenty Five in Georgia. I think that's down around Columbia County, where he's at. Uh, he got appointed to Superior Court judge. Um, so there's a shakeup in that area. Barry Fleming did run. Uh, he was involved in SB 202, the election bill in Georgia, SB 202. He was involved in that in the state house. And then he did run and oppose um, uh, the Speaker of the House now. Uh, what is what is his name right now? The 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 new speaker of the house, uh, uh, Burns. Burns. Yes, he okay. ran against John Burns. Yes, he ran yeah. against Burns for speaker, and now he's been appointed judge. So this is an example right here. You're gonna you're gonna see first of the week with like him get an appointed judge. There's gonna be a lot of jockeying for position come Tuesday of who's running in what offices. There's there's been some speculation down around the, you know, Savannah area and so forth. Uh, I don't know if it's too early for us to, you know, to speculate there. It's not that important, I guess. But it's to your point, you know, very likely between now and and uh, the beginning of the week, we're going to start seeing some interesting things. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see some some names that, uh, you know, you hear the possibility um, and if you're, if you're in Georgia politics long enough, you, you hear the tone change in their voice <laughs> and some things like that that start to make you wonder, what are you doing? Setting yourself up to run for office. So all the speculation will start coming the, the first of the, of, um, January. Um, I want to throw something out while we're talking about the redistricting. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't send this over to you, but uh, if you take that one down, I don't think people want to see Barry Fleming up there much longer. But, would you Would you like the picture of you and DeSantis? I have that. Oh, Bill, you're funny. You're a real <laughs> funny guy. The last, the, last, the last day of the year, Bill, you almost made it. 
You, you know? almost ma- you almost made it. It's because we love you, brother. Come on. Okay. Here's here's one that got me the other day because you know, um, you know, as we talk about what they call the big lie, um, the big lie, and you go to Mararcus saying the border is closed, and you go to, you know, um Joe Biden appointing Kamala Harris and her going to Guatemala saying, don't come here. We played all those clips the other day. And, you know, I I look at a clip that I have here to the left of me that in a seven-day average, this was in December this month here, in a seven-day average, 9,600 a day were have been crossing. On a seven-day average, 9,600 a day. And I thought to myself, now you've got Eric Adams in New York, and I'm going somewhere with this. Eric Adams in New York, the mayor of New York City, signed an executive order saying he wanted a 36-hour notice. He wants a 36-hour notice if Governor Abbott's going to send a busload to New York, okay? And I thought to myself, you know, all the news, the deep state corporate corrupt media is spinning around things like Chicago in New York. But if you take 9600 if you use that as and you use the you know the the liberal media's math of 9600 how many how many really I don't know and you say they threw 75 on a bus. That's that's like 128 buses a day. So god forbid that I use a simple calculator that I learned in the 7th grade how to use. Okay, and God forbid I use common sense, and God forbid I ask a question. If there's 14 buses, it's like it's like you remember in the seventh grade when they said a train left New York traveling at X, <laughs> right? Right. You remember? I'm I'm sorry I was good at word problems when the teacher said a train left New York traveling at this speed with this many passengers and made six stops for this much time, how long before it got to California? So I thought the other day if 9,600 and we throw 75 on a bus and 14 went to New York, that's 128 buses. Where's the 128 minus 14? Where are those buses? Where the hell are these people? And, you know, and then and then we throw it in there. Right. Matt Gates, uh, Congressman Gates sent the letter. Right. Delta. Like Delta. I wonder if they're getting free headsets on that on that flight. But Delta's loading them up. Right. Is that's what Gates's uh, accusation is, is Delta's. These are buses we're talking about the New York City. He makes an accusation. Delta's loading them up and flying them inland. Well, maybe Delta might stop in Atlanta. I'm just saying that because that's the hub. How many are in Georgia? How many do we have in Dalton? How many do we have in Rome? How many do we have replacing? You know what I'm saying? I'm just, the American people deserve to know where the hell all these people are. And, and they're we not also deserve to know if they're going to vote. Right. No, exactly, Todd. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now I read I read an article I read an article that Abbott is sending them to blue states and let's get this correct out there people that Abbott's sending them to blue states where they can get a driver's license. Folks, I'm going to look at the camera and tell you they can get a driver's license in Georgia. You can get a you can get a driver's license in Georgia. 
And the question on that application, are you a U.S. citizen, defaults to yes. Anyhow, anyhow, I just I just wanted to say, you know, when you talk about the redistricting and you talk about how they're drawing these districts and you talk about, you know, 35 million, if that many or, or less coming into this country. I mean, there's there's no telling. You know, um, I saw a graphic the other day of where, and I know you guys see this kind of stuff all the time. I saw a graphic the other day with with all of our, you know, bullet points on where all of our military bases are around the world from Japan, you know, to, to Germany. All over the world, you see the graphic of where every military base we have defending the entire world, but the invasions on our southern border. So yeah. I I just think that's something of interest to throw in here. I think maybe Georgia lawmakers could let us know in this coming session where they're all at. Well, it was interesting. Somebody reported on one of the one of the uh, shows the other day. They'd done some math, and with the hundred billion that's gone to the Ukraine, we could have solved homelessness in the U.S. four times over. Solved it. There, the, the Biden administration is admitting now to a Politico article I read last week, and others are out there, they've been reporting it, but Politico wrote that the Biden administration is secretly discussing that they may have to make a deal with Ukraine and Russia to let Russia can have the territory that they currently occupy. Of course uh, they do. Yeah. And, and as you as you know, and I know Todd Todd knows this better than all of us, uh, Bill. You and I included. Todd Todd's uh, come back from uh, world traveling, and I know uh, CDM has reporters all over the world checking things out. But when we sit and we hear that Belarus now has the nuclear weapons in place from Russia, which is next to Poland. And we know that Xi Jinping over in China made a deal, brokered a deal with Russia to look like the peacemaker. We we know what all's going on. 2024. I mean, we are we're on the last day of 2023. I I'm reluctant to say all hell breaks loose t- Tuesday morning. Um, but then again, I know the three of us. We we we're not going to lie to the viewers. I I think 2024. I just shake my head of, of what ends up this coming year. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one. That's for sure. We we were on a show earlier and one of the questions was, what do we see, you know, our sort of role, if you will, what can we do to, to best make progress this coming year? And um, I kind of focused on the relationship that we have, I think with Georgians. I mean, you, 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 I think enjoy very much the same thing. People, I hope, trust what we bring forward and, and know that we're doing everything possible to get the truth out. And I think that may be one of the most critical things we do. There's something about Georgia, you know, that just is different. It's an epicenter of many of these problems. Um, and I have to look and say, you know, could, could, to your point, could the three of us get the full job done that's needed, not without the, the viewers helping because they're bringing, for, bringing forward stuff all the time, all the time. 
then I think that may be one of the keys to this coming year is to make sure they know that that's needed, appreciated, honored, and they get, get four more. It's like, you know, it's like the old shampoo commercial, you know, they told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on. And, well, let me tell you, let me tell you what, what is, what has taken place this last year in Georgia that um, I've noticed and, and I, I never, and you know, this bill all too well, I, I never have a negative comment to the Patriots in this state. There's so many Patriots in the state of Georgia that have been fighting issues for a long time that we're well aware of. It's not new to me. Okay, when Bob Covert, which is a hero in Georgia, stands up and says there was never an audit. I, I, I've known that for six months. I know Bob Covert very well. I know six months ago over coffee, there was never an audit. But hey, look, now that he went before the election board and it's been picked up by some media and some patriots were sitting in the room, they're like, hey, Evidence suggests there was never an election voting machine audit. Okay, here's what I want to ask you, Bill, because this is what I've noticed. And I say this in all due respect to everyone in the state of Georgia. I'm watching some patriots that that it's un, we're unveiling some things to them that they were not aware of, that some scales are coming off the eyes and they're saying, Whoa, wait a minute, because what what I said the other day, and I know most of the people that were in the room, the state election board is what a lot of people in Georgia watch at that state election board meeting. And when they met Joe Rossi, OK, is a lot of people watch the unfolding of just how corrupt Georgia is. And I don't care. I'll look right at the camera. I'm sorry, folks. People get upset with me. But you have been seeing if you if you're if you're new to the game and there's things that you just you just watched Joe Rossi for the first time, you know, four or five weeks ago in an interview uh, that 100,000 plus views. Bill, your interviews with Joe, the state election board, uh, Kevin Moncla, uh, the series that we're doing, Guard the Vote. I actually have people sending me messages saying wow, I did not realize Georgia is this corrupt. Yeah. And, and, and you know, lawyers are always standing by, so I guess until I can get the actual proof out there, you know, I always got to say, well, it's of my opinion that from the top office all the way through, Georgia is very corrupt. Now you figure out who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, think you're, I think you're right, and we keep seeing it play out. Everybody has... Everybody, many have had favorites. They say, well, these guys over here, they're not so good, but I can count on this guy over here or this gal. And yet something will pop out and it just doesn't fit. It doesn't look right. They make a decision that kind of displays who they really are. And so many have gotten disappointed that they are now getting, um, uh, they're getting to the point where they need to, they need to have trust earned rather than simply given and i think that's maybe a healthy approach we got to move on to our next guest We're okay kind of all right i'm right. sorry i'm yeah. sorry I don't, I don't mean to get i get to rolling with you guys i just enjoy <laughs> being with you so much and and discussing this uh i appreciate you god bless all your viewers it's been a great year 
one of the major takeaways for me is getting to know you guys and for all of us working together. I look forward to what we're all going to do in 2024 and just any way I can help you or your organization. Let me know. Right back at you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Take care. So we're going to move into our next guest. Marjorie Wildcraft uh, has been out front with the Grow Network on really how to protect your family and grow and be able not dependent on other food sources that may not be there in the blink of an eye. So I sat down with Marjorie this week. I think you'll find her site and her information fascinating. I do. I look at it several times a week just to study. I mean, there's so much information, but um, I'm going to run this interview I do with Marjorie and uh, that'll be the end of the show. Well, we hope you enjoyed your Christmas. We're back with Marjorie Wildcraft. Uh, thanks for coming on, Marjorie. Short notice and uh, jumping in like a champ. And, and, and More than happy to help, yeah. I really appreciate it. So we last time we talked about overall kind of your focus and what you're doing and, and your, your history and how you got into all this. But we want to kind of move to the next level here on this clip and talk about, I think, really why you may not be able to afford cr- food next Christmas. Is, yeah, is that where we're it's, going? That's where we're going. I mean, it's uh, it's it's do or die time now. And right now, you you still have the advantage of, of being ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. But your advantage is very, very small. I mean, we are so close to this thing imploding. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, food is, is, is going to get scarce. It's going to get expensive. It's going to get hard to come by. Yes. And that's going to be driven a lot by government policy. You know, we've talked a lot. I, I talk to people all the time and they say, well, what do you mean there's a problem with finances? You know, the, the U.S. government can do what it wants. And I'm like, no, it can't. Not forever. Yeah. So at some point, you know, we're spending a trillion dollars this year just on the interest of the debt. So that's going to drive massive hyperinflation. Talk about the yeah. list that you put together. Yeah, so we got three big three big reasons. And any one of these could completely destroy your ability to, to acquire food. And having all mm-hmm. three of them together, it's like, you know, it's it's certainty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so inflation and hyperinflation. Now we already we already see inflation, right? We already mm-hmm. know that's happening. It is going to accelerate. Uh, you know, you mentioned a trillion on the just on the interest, but mm-hmm. Like the, the amount of money that they're, well, first of all, they're producing a lot more money than they even tell us about. But the money yeah. that they tell us about, <laughs> you know, is ginormous. I, what is it? Just like in the last six months, it's like $2 trillion. Or well, yeah, trillion we dollars. added, we're adding a trillion dollars every 90 days to the national debt. Oh my God. So, right. I mean, yeah. that's, we're at the tipping point for mm-hmm. sure. So that bathtub curve we've all seen, Weimar Germany, where kind of goes, and then it just, yeah, we're at that point where it, it starts yeah. to bend. Yeah. And and then we have, you know, you have all the BRICS nation, you have all these countries that have said, hey, you know, we're going to trade oil for yuan or, or, or rubles or, you know, gold, or, mm-hmm. and we're no longer using the U.S. dollar. And, and at first it was kind of like a little bit and a trickle and a trickle, and mm-hmm. it's going more and more and more. Actually, I... I declare the death of the petrodollar as like in August when Saudi Arabia joined BRICS. Yeah. That's that's the death of the petrodollar. And the petrodollar well, is what's kept this whole thing going. So Well, the the, the 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 just having the infrastructure in place to be able to trade cross currency like that is important. And now they've got it all in place so they can ramp it up and scale it, you know, pretty yep. quickly yeah. if they want yeah. to. Um 
So how, how has high inflation impact food? I mean, it seems obvious, but. Well, yeah, you know, like for, you know, going back to Weimar Germany again, you know, mm -hmm. at, the, at the beginning of that period, um, you know, a dozen eggs would cost you a couple of marks, two or three mm -hmm. marks. And this happens really, really, really fast. When hyperinflation mm -hmm. starts to really kick in, it it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so it was like, you know, a billion marks by the end of the year, like within a within a 12 month period. Yeah. So basically completely unobtainable. Uh, yeah. Um, they they couldn't who, build the factories fast enough to print the money to, to cover it. Yeah. And, and they didn't have smartphones or internet or, you know, instant banking or all the stuff we have now. So, you know, could it go like even like a dumpster fire here in modern times when the speed of everything is so hyper wiper? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. yeah. So what's so the next issue? Yeah, yeah. So hyperinflation and currency collapse, everybody can already see it. You know it's there. The banking system is in huge trouble. We know we're going to have financial problems. Uh, so, yes. The By the way, I, I'll go back to, I've spent a lot of time studying Weimar Germany. Mm -hmm. The years during their hyperinflation were the best agricultural production years ever in that country. Mm. But nobody had in town had anything that the farmers wanted to trade the food for so trade broke down completely right really interesting. unless you know one farmer really wanted a grand piano so he traded a sack of potatoes for a grand piano um you know there'll be things like that going on but so it's not amount uh, in in that case it was not amount of agricultural production actually they ended up selling a bunch like the english or you know other people mm -hmm. that had a money that was more sound Mm -hmm. So yes, yeah, so the the second um, problem is supply chain, mm -hmm. and uh, we're seeing it now. Uh, so many so many problems with the supply chain. Let we we'll go through a few of them. The trucking industry is having huge issues. I don't know if you saw this here. Uh, it's yellow. The yellow trucking company yeah. went bankrupt. Yeah, went bankrupt. Thirty three thirty five thousand employees lost their jobs in that. Uh, there's so many of these trucking companies are, are just having problems. Um, but we also have, you know, the U.S. Navy has said, um, well, no, we really can't protect the Red Sea. So uh, those six uh, major carriers, I think all of them now are saying, well, that's a war zone that can't be protected. We're not going to go through there. We're going to go through the tip of Africa, the Cape of Good Hope, mm -hmm. to deliver mm -hmm. goods and services. Um the Panama Canal is uh, way down. I think they're only at about 50% that they can get ships through because they, they haven't had the rainfall to have the water to be able to raise and, and lower the docks. We, we've talked about that a lot. There also may be some Chinese interference in the lock levels, water levels, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But yeah. the bottom line is we got ships backing up there. We've got mm -hmm. ships backing up everywhere. And this is not like, something that's easily undone mm -hmm. now here in the u.s we're actually pretty well off because we have direct routes via the the west coast of china and asia and then via the east coast with europe um so it's really the first people who are going to be hurting the worst are the europeans and in fact i think i saw something recently where uh the british were being told okay just prepare on either no availability or lack of availability on clothing and you know they're already having a lot of food supply problems mm -hmm. uh, just so all sorts of items parts repair items 
Um, but the, the global supply chain is just breaking down. Mm -hmm. um, there's, um, the, the, you know, the whole train derailment in Ohio, that was apparently only one of many trail, train derailments. Uh, there's, you know, I don't know if you remember that big bridge in Vancouver that got destroyed via some kind of weather event mm -hmm. a couple of years ago that like totally severely limited the amount of goods coming. I, again, the way that this seems to be happening is they hit these regional thing here, regional thing, regional thing there. So that way it never, and there's so much news coming at us all the time. It's really hard to like, for for the average person to look at all this and go, oh my God, there's a problem, right? <laughs> well, if you connect the dots and you see 100,000 yes. chickens die here, 400, you know, 4,000 cows die here. I mean, it's it's been pretty steady. It's the attack on the food production facilities in the U.S. primarily. I mean, if, well, if that, that yeah. yeah, that is the, the other thing other than the yeah. uh, supply uh, chain issues. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody now who has gone through the COVID experience, which I refuse to call a pandemic, Mm -hmm. um is um you know you're well aware that this this can break down <laughs> you can yeah. have empty shelves in your grocery store and things can become unavailable so the third the third thing is we have hyperinflation collapse of the financial system the second thing is supply chain problems just physically getting stuff oh mm -hmm. going back to supply chain I, have you guys covered how the trains are getting robbed <laughs> like the old-fashioned train robberies are going on no, especially like in in los angeles um just there's apparently like acres and acres along the train tracks where they'll stop the train and then they go through all the fedex and ups packages and just steal stuff like wow. they're robbing trains and uh more more and more of that is happening i happened wow. to be um actually this was last march and i happened to be on a on a ski lift and i was talking a guy said he lived in los angeles and i was talking to him and he is a pretty high level executive with i forget what company he said yeah um, we're pretty sure that a lot of the trains that do get robbed are information on an inside job. So the robbers mm -hmm. know this train is going to have these right. really valuable electronics in it. And yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, take a look at that. Something it's, it's incredible. So I will. we are, I will. Yeah, we are heading into old fashioned, you know, just basic local destruction and mm -hmm. robbery. But the third thing is global crop production itself. So, um, you know, droughts here in the U.S. where we're not getting production, uh, either drought or flooding or sudden freezes going on everywhere. Also, the um, in January 2022, the Hunga Tonga volcano erupted, um, and it spewed like in one day, it spewed 10% more water vapor into the mm -hmm. entire atmosphere of the U.S. of the of the world, the, the globe. And that's one of the reasons that we've been seeing a lot more flooding and crazy hailstorms. Uh, but it has also opened up the ozone hole, which is affecting uh, barley production and wheat production um, and corn production in all of the Southern hemisphere hmm. countries. So Argentina, Brazil, South Africa, uh, they, they do have large amounts of production that they contribute to the, the global food supply and the, the, yeah. the yields are just not there anymore. We also have the political things as, as I'm, I'm sure you're aware of. of yeah. 
there's the globe the governments are getting involved and saying oh, you know really we're we don't want any more cattle farming our, our cattle herd here in the u.s is less than it ever was like even in the 1960s yeah it's, it's an obvious attack on meat production and other things um along with the sabotage and right yeah, i don't know how sure. many of the different food processing facilities have been burned down or destroyed or had some yeah who knows why so you run the, the grow network i mean you, mm -hmm. you you teach people how to produce their own nutrition uh you gave us an overview last time where should we where, where should people start and what should they you know someone who has no idea what's going on and really just wants to break into this how do they do that right well and as you and i had discussed before i've always mm -hmm. designed things because i knew people were not going to go out and suddenly start growing food until there was a crisis. So mm -hmm. I've always designed everything to be for that person, somebody who knows nothing, maybe they're mm -hmm. older, out of mm -hmm. shape. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd recommend, I have a free webinar where I have condensed like 20 years of figuring out what is the easiest and fastest ways for people to grow food in their backyard. Mm -hmm. And we do this for free. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I believe that link is uh, cdmfood.com. Is right. Where people can yeah, add. we're gonna we're gonna put it below on this broadcast. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, and it basically teaches people how to grow food. And I I go through. Uh, it's a very simple three step system. You can do this in a backyard size space. You're not mm -hmm. gonna turn into a migrant worker. I promise you. It'll take only about a half an hour a day, if less than that. Uh, and I show you, you know, how many calories get generated. How many mm -hmm. servings you're gonna be able to eat? You know what 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 is this gonna look like day to day? Mm -hmm. uh, and I go into to you know meat and eggs and vegetables. A lot of people go, oh, Marjorie, the gardening, and I'm like, I'm so much more than gardening. Yeah, because it when it when it counts, animal products are way more efficient to produce food than the vegetable. I mean, really, when when you're in a hard times, you don't want to just eat salad. You want right. Potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's what they'll get at the webinar. I give it a breakdown and I show you really how you could grow half of your own food in a backyard size space in, in, in less than an hour a day. Wow. And then you have pay products as well. Tell us about what those well, when are. You, you know, when you, of course, because, you know, you get the overview, you understand, you can see mm -hmm. what you do. And then at the end of the webinar, we'll make you an offer for, uh, I wrote a book. Oh my God, let me see if I got a copy. I have to have a copy here. <laughs> <laughs> my publisher would go nuts if I didn't have a copy here. Uh, what does it say? It's kind of hard to read. There's some kind of, I think you have a. I got a thing on there. Let's see. Yeah, well, oh, there you go. It's the grow system. Yes. The grow, sorry about that. Yeah, the grow system and uh, pu published by Penguin Random Mouse. Mm -hmm. And um, actually I had 18 publishers bidding on the book. And uh, that's a good problem to have. That was a great problem to have. Yeah, it was really nice. But they also got that the writing and the depth of knowledge and the way to, to communicate easily so people understand. Um, yeah, so uh, super happy about that. So we'll make you uh, um, get the book and then a whole training package, which will show you step by step how to do this. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of information out there on YouTube, and, but in when it counts you need something that's been curated that's been designed that's focused exactly to show you what to do so you you don't have time to make mistakes yeah i mean when you're hungry you know i went through survival training out in the bush and you know when when you're hungry you don't want to waste calories spinning your wheels you want to everything needs to count right because at some exactly. point you're going to lose yeah. energy and you're going to be so i mean you got to be focused um for yeah. sure 
Um, you know. we, we do have a, beyond that, uh, we do have, we have a blog, we have a really wonderful forums area where mm -hmm. just over the almost 20 years that I've been doing this, a whole uh, following of people, really thousands of people. And these are people that have been living this lifestyle for decades mm -hmm. and they know this in and out and they share things and they help new people. So the forums are an excellent resource. And then of course we do have a bunch of other uh, trainings and products because you know we're a business. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, sure, you gotta, course. you gotta offer uh, something for fair exchange. But everything we do is targeted toward a breakdown situation, and mm -hmm. you need, you know, you need to produce something quickly. You need, you need to know how to make medicine to bring down that fever when your child's mm -hmm. sick, mm -hmm. or you need to know how to make cough syrup um, mm -hmm. for your family, or you know, you need to eat. <laughs> That's the basic yeah. one. You know, you need to have breakfast on the, you know, you need to at least have two meals a day. One of sure. one can work and, and three is honestly a luxury from what we're heading into. That's true. That's true. Anything else people should know before we close this one and we'll, we'll have you back on. Obviously we're going to do a series on all this, but what else do people need to know? Uh, if I could, if I could just stress the urgency, of getting started but the other thing is so and from our last episode you know i got into mm -hmm. this out of just i was just completely freaked out mm -hmm. um panic attacks and and i have to say looking back learning how to grow my own food and make my own medicine has been the best thing i've ever done in my entire life i mm -hmm. i love it it's something that is innate and natural to humans i think uh the reason that we've there's been a ton of programming to try and not have us do this because it's mm -hmm. something that's very very healthy and very soothing and it's something that you innately know how to do this is something humans have done for all of our history <laughs> you know we've yeah. been growing food or harvesting food or you know um and it, it's so wonderful and even if we weren't headed into uh you know what we're headed into i would I would, I'm going to always be growing my own food just because it's such a wonderful thing. So, you know, you two are probably going to be getting into this because you're scared and freaked out. I just want to say, you'll look back on this and go, that was the best thing that ever happened to me, which is what I say. Yeah. Well, we're all building the new economy and part of that is self-reliance and, uh, you know, away from the matrix, I call it. I mean, you've got to <laughs> unplug from all of this system you've been in and really just recreate your life essentially because they are trying to, make that matrix you got used to unavailable um, mm -hmm. so for a reason marjorie thank you very much it's cdmfood.com and uh, we'll have you back uh, soon thank all right thanks Todd. take care so gonna be a tough year we will see it's certainly going to be uh, a unique year um everybody has that same feeling and yeah and read on what's going on so uh Better, better we do it together, you know? Exactly, exactly. Got we got a job to do, and we are going to do it. You're going to need a community. So um, anyway, that, that's all I got, Bill. You got anything else? No, that's it for today. We'll uh, we'll have some look forward uh, information as we get into uh, probably Wednesday's show. And uh, we may have uh, the beginnings of some of the announcements that uh, I think we're going to see as early as Tuesday. Uh, we'll try to see if we can get uh, some of the folks that are going to be um, uh, running or preparing to step into a new uh, campaign and uh, we'll have uh, updates coming out of the, uh, the Rossi uh, Gabe Sterling dialogue. Uh, hopefully that'll come together. So we'll have all kinds of fun things to talk about. All right. Take us out. Thank you very much.
All right. Bear with me for just a moment. Sure. There we go. 